0: When we think about the Word of God and all that God is doing, we always have to remember that God's Word is not simply to be a Word that's looked at or simply read, but it's a Word to be obeyed. If you are not in the habit of obeying the Word of God, then I will encourage you that you need to do that. You, you don't just look at your breakfast in the morning and say, that looks good, and walk out the house and leave it on the table. You eat it so that it gives you nourishment for that day. So we need to, make, need to make sure that we eat the word of God so that we can do what it says. Got some starving saints. Not because the table's not prepared, because the fork and the knife not always picked up. Pick up the fork, pick up the knife. Some meats might be a little tough, so just chew a little bit longer. Don't try to swallow a big piece, just cut off a smaller piece, Shoot up real good. I got to tell a joke. There ain't no joke. It really happened last night. I'm telling my wife. She ain't here, so I'm going to tell on her. <laughs> my daughter came over to get her hair done. And so we told my daughter when she moved out, I said, you know, when you move out, you know, it's not as easy out there as it was at home. You got to take care of more stuff. We're helping herself. When she got out there, she realized things are not the same. Some things you take for granted, things that kind of come with the territory when you're at home, but it don't come with the territory when you're out on your own. So she learned, and is learning. But the good thing, she has a good work ethic. She's not lazy. Lord is helping her. She says, "I don't want to move back home." We're saying, "We don't want you to move back home. Your room is my office now. I don't want you coming back home right now." Quillen got married. That room became the sewing room. Her room became my office. Lord bless her to be able to get work to be able to stay out there and not return home. That's my prayer. <laughs> But but you know when you start to get a your 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 neck starts hurting you can feel a little thing happening oh oh no it's gonna be a problem my neck gonna start hurting you know that and as the day went on this thing just keeps kind of falling down as the day gone went on my neck started getting stiffer and stiffer so I decided last night I was gonna roll it out on the the little foam roller so I got the foam roller later on and started trying to roll it out and massage it a little, put a little, what's called Toppersin on it. Toppersin's a good stuff, y'all, if you haven't heard of Toppersin. For ailments or and, and uh, inflation, Toppersin is a good ingredient, so I encourage you to get some Toppersin. Toppersin. Pretty expensive, but it's it's good. So, I, I'm, I'm preparing myself to get ready for bed and, and I'm going to give myself a massage. So I use a massager first on my neck. And so since my wife's hand was really hurting, I massaged my neck. I said, honey, where's that great that seed oil that I can, that I use and, you know, give myself a massage? So she's it's really like, tired. So it's in the hall closet. So I'm in the room. So she goes to get it for me. And I got the other stuff and I'm, Parent and so put a hot towel on my neck first. You know, heat helps too, you know that, right? So I get this stuff that she brings in and mix it and throw it on my shoulder and stuff smells pretty good. Seems to be burning a little bit too. I don't recall this. <laughs> it's massaging. Rubbing my shoulder and I don't recall this smell. Wife walks in and, oh, honey, what? I got the wrong thing. What you get? Lord have mercy. One ain't got
1: the deodorizer
0: that you plug into the wall that gives off the fragrance in the house my shoulder turning all red. Burning. Lord, I've got washing this stuff off me. (laughs) Lord have mercy. (laughs) Turning. My daughter's here. That was just cracking up. My wife feels so bad. So my my daughter was there late last night and said she's going to just stay at the house slept down still on the couch and so I'm feeling better. I'm kind of, I'm a little upset. So my wife put some stuff on it. Touch it, feel I'm touching it, it, burn. So I look out in the morning, it's looking much better. Thank the Lord. So I went downstairs, my daughter, Down your how's just shoulder? My children feeling better. And busted out laughing. We had a time at 6 o'clock, 7, six we laughing. I said, yeah, I tell them I was, yeah, walking in in the dark. Trying to get this, turn that light on, please. And they're going in the dark and grabbing something. She ain't turning. She said, I should turn the light on. Didn't turn the light on. Got this bottle and just plopped it there and I'm just grabbing it. Lord, won't do that again. I'm going to be reading. What is this? All right, that's the right stuff. He bring me some deodorizer for the house. (laughs) I feel it burning a little bit right now. (laughs) Oh Lord, boy, it's good to have fun, but boy, once the pain is over, you can look back at stuff and have some fun. Oh my goodness! (laughs) Woo! help us, Lord, help us. Turning your Bibles to the Excuse me, to the book of Matthew, chapter 7. Stand with me, please, as we pray for the word of God. We thank you today, Lord, for the goodness and your, good, your grace and your sense of humor. <laughs> thank you for people, because we are some funny people. We love you today, and thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to be able to worship you and to praise you in this place today. Now, have your way as we hear the word of God, as we preach, and as we carry out what you would have us to do. We thank you right now. May the word be, Lord, alive in us, quicken us today to do all that you've called us to do. We'll be careful to honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. In your Bibles, Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. And this is what it says. Matthew chapter 7, 15 through 20. You can follow me as you look on the board. Watch out for false prophets. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you. In sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Deuteronomy chapter 18 Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 20 through 22. Deuteronomy 18, beginning at verse 20. But a prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded him to say, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods must be put to death. You may say to yourselves, how can we know when a message has been spoken by the Lord? If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. That prophet has spoken presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. The book of Acts, chapter 13, verses 6 through 12. Acts, chapter 13, beginning at verse 6. This is Paul and Barnabas they're sent off to begin their missionary work. Beginning at verse number six. They traveled through the whole island until they came to Paphos. There they met a Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Polis. The proconsul, an intelligent man, sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elimus, the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the truth or from the faith. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elimus Said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right way of the Lord? Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You are going to be blind, and for a time you will be unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately, Mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed. He was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. The Sermon on the Mount, and I've given an additional title Are you producing edible fruit? Are you producing edible fruit? Political correctness has run amok; it's just gone amok. Even today, the church squirms at speaking out against sins and sinful living, while the world applauds sinful living. The church is told not to offend. Believers are told to calm down and watch the content of the message that they bring. Christians are told not to mention Jesus at interdenominational services because other groups just might get and be offended. If one does not learn how to inspect fruit properly and deal with it accordingly, the good fruit will be ruined by the bad fruit. As Jesus has been teaching, and as we saw last week, there were, are two paths that can be taken. There is the narrow path, and there is the broad path. Those on the broad path have been told that this path, too, leads to heaven. This path is filled with political correctness. It is filled with people saying that God knows my heart and there is no desire to allow the Holy Spirit to change them. While only the narrow road and path leads to heaven, those on the broad road are told that road is going to get them into the pearly gates. But there must be a way to discern that which is correct and true and that which is false and bad. If one is not careful, one will think he or she is on the road of holiness or to holiness only to find out that the very opposite was indeed and is indeed true. Point number one, if you're writing the points down. The outer wardrobe of gentleness covering the nakedness of evil. The outer wardrobe of gentleness covering... The nakedness of evil. False prophets and false false teaching has always been here and has been a part of life since sin has entered the world. They've had false prophets in the Old Testament. They have false prophets in the days of Jeremiah and, and Isaiah. And even as we see with Paul, there's false prophets all over the place. And one of the difficulties and one of the things that the church has always had to contend with was teaching that was diametrically opposed to the Word of God. And as the culture changed, the culture wants the church's message to change. But the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You may change the method, but the method, the message itself, does not change. Jesus says that you are to watch. You are to watch for false prophets. In Deuteronomy, what we read there, the consequences for a prophet that came as he said, in the name of the Lord, but really wasn't, had to have 100% accuracy when he said he was representing the Almighty God. There was no, oh, you know, we got 8 out of 10, 80%, not bad. Maybe good for free throws, okay, but it is not good when it comes to the Word of God. The prophet had to be correct 100% of the time. And if he was not, the Lord said, he is a false prophet. And the Bible said that the law says that they were to be killed. That seems harsh and wow, Lord. But the Word of God is, is one and it, and it, it is written for the, for the express purpose of God being honored and glorified. The Bible is written for God's glory. It is written for his glory. We are created for his glory. And what we do should bring honor and glory to him. And so if a person comes bringing a false message, God takes that seriously because the church and the body will be affected. So the Lord says if their message does not come true, 100% of the time they are a false prophet. Don't even fear. You see, false prophets, too, want to be accepted. That's how they come. They come in the, in the, in the form of a disguise. They come disguised because they want to be accepted. Because if they, if they were to come in their true nature, you'd be repulsed. You wouldn't want to take them in. And so they come dressed as if they are a part. But that's only the outer wardrobe. You see, we can put on our best faces when we want people to see us and to look at us from a certain force in a certain way. But you need to understand, that ain't the real you. if I was to see you when you get up in the morning, you'd be saying, oh, don't look at me now, don't look at me now, no, not you. No, 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 not right now. Let me get ready first. But 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 underneath all of those things there there's you. But but we want people to see the outer wardrobe of how we dress. That's how the prophets were they wanted to put on the outer wardrobe, but underneath there was those that were false vile. They came with the purpose of destruction. You see, there's nothing good about a false prophet. Nothing good in the sense to where they're bringing a message. It is the intent of what they are trying to do. So in Deuteronomy, the Lord said that a false prophet, that their message has to be tested. You got to look to make sure that what they're saying lines up with the word of God. If you are a person that's saying, you know what, I think that this should be okay to do because it's how I feel. Your feelings are not the barometer. Your feelings are not what God is looking at. Your feelings let you know when something is wrong can help you to make a choice and get on the right path. But if you're living, living by your feelings, I tell you, you'll be up one day and down the next. You'll be in one day and out the next. If your friends say, I like you only because of how I, you make me feel, well, you don't always make them feel good. So if the days that they don't like how you make them feel, they may say, I don't want to see you today. But the Lord is willing to spend time with you every day. He wants to be with you. He, he wants to see you just as you are. He knows what you look like in the morning. He, he, he knows what's there once you get covered up. But you see beneath there, the false prophet has an agenda. It is to bring deception. It is to deceive the body of Christ It is to deceive those that are trying to do what is right. It is to bring the stuff. You know, when we think of even Ponzi schemes, the outer looks really good. But once you begin to dig down underneath, you realize there's a problem here. Only one person seems to be benefiting, or maybe a couple. But everybody that they're talking about can benefit. That ain't happening. They're being taken. The idea behind a false prophet is deception. Hmm. So for the test that God gave Moses, they had to look at what is it that they are producing that shows. You see, the church says that Oh, don't judge. Don't judge. We I'm, I'm, I'm drilling this home on the past. Don't judge. The Bible does not say, he does say not to judge, but he says don't judge with the wrong spirit. Is it when you make the judgment, make a right type of judgment. That's part of the Sermon on the Mount. How else are you to know when something is right or wrong if you don't judge? You've got to judge. The reason why so many people are taken captive is because the appearance and liking of a particular person has been able to be something that they just see. You know, I like that person because they just how they look, how they talk. I just like them. And so people are chosen on the basis of how they look and how they sound and not what's on the inside. And so a lot of people have been duped. And to deception because of the person rather than the message. And so we have a culture that wants to hear tantalizing things. People that want to hear things that make them feel good. And anybody that comes against that, don't talk about that person. That's that person. I like them. But it's the message. That we must always remember that makes the difference. I tell you, there will be a whole lot less people. <laughs> a whole lot of people a whole lot of people that that, 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 that would not be saying. They, they they got a word from the Lord. They wouldn't be saying I got a word from the Lord if they had to meet the test of Deuteronomy. A lot of people wouldn't be saying, oh, the Lord told me. They'd be saying, I think the Lord might be saying, possibly, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. I I, I think he's speaking, but if not, don't hold it against me. That's what we'd be saying rather than, the Lord told me to tell you. And you knew that there was a sword that could be available for you if you weren't telling the truth. We'd be watching much more. Now, Lord, did I get that right? But see, a true prophet knows what God is saying because God says that when you speak on my behalf, I'm going to back it up. I'm going to support what I'm saying. You see, a lot of people are going by feelings rather than the Word of God. They're going by appearances rather than the Word of God. They're going about how it looks like. They're putting their finger out to say, which way is the wind blowing today? The wind is blowing me south. That's the way I'll go. You can't do that with the word of God. You have to get guidance. You have to be sure that you're being led. There's sometimes when the Lord don't tell you, He just like Abraham. Just start in the direction. And I'll let you know as you're going. When we think about Abraham, in fact, it was by faith that he believed God and set out from his country to follow God and to go to a place that he had not known before. You see, trusting God requires something from you. Requires that you go even though you might not see. God ain't laid everything out for you to see. But when we think about Following the Lord. It's not because we don't have the path. We don't have the word. We do have. But what the false prophet does, he comes telling you that he has something that the Lord says, but it's only the outer wardrobe. False prophets, in order to get their message through, had to come with false pretensions. But Jesus said that their clothing is a ruse. The true character of the false prophet or teacher was that the Lord said that inwardly they are ferocious wolves. They're ferocious wolves. Why? The intent. What is Jesus saying? That's the character of of them. How do you know? Brings up point number two that we're going to make. You are to be a fruit inspector. A fruit inspector. Evil has as its goal to stop that which God endorses. Evil wants to stop that which God endorses. Paul and Barnabas ran into this with the proconsul uh, when they went to the proconsul and he wanted to hear a word from God but Bar Jesus uh, the, it's interesting that that name Bar means son of Jesus as he's trying to say. He was no son of Jesus. You know what Paul says? As a pro, he said, you are a son of the devil. That, that he was trying to say, I'm a son of Jesus. Paul says, no. You're a son of the devil. And he tried to keep the proconsul from hearing the word of God. How did Paul knew? Because Paul had the Spirit of God. And he was inspecting the fruit of Elias. He saw that what he was bringing was not of God. He was a false prophet. They evaluated him. And there was judgment that was pronounced on him. This matter of of inspecting fruit Deals with the matter of judging. If you are going to inspect fruit, you've got to make a judgment. I don't just let anybody in my house. I don't, I, I, I don't. Everybody walks, by, I just don't let anybody in my house. Person comes knock on the door, I don't just automatically say, come on in. I say, yes, if I help you. Why? Because i got some people there that I I need to look after. Or a person now. (laughs) And and I'm thinking, yes. And as they're talking to me, I get the sense, I feel more comfortable with this person. Would you like to come in? But then my next door neighbor may come and knock on the door. Hey, how you doing? Come on in. Because I know that person. You see, there are some people that are not inspecting who is knocking at the door. They're just opening the door for anybody. Satan and the Zips, come on in. Come on, come on, come on. I got plenty of room. So if you like something to drink, got an ottoman. Push, kick your legs up, kick your legs up. Come on, fellas. We've been invited on in. Just just not, not, not inspecting at all, just welcoming. Here comes Mr. Gossip. God's coming along. You know, I heard something the other day. <laughs> I, 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 I heard Pastor, Pastor Marcus. I didn't get all of it, but I heard a part of it. He said he was walking late at night, and you, you know, when a person walking late at night, you know he ain't got day enough to no good. So I know what Pastor. This is what he was really saying. And they'll take that and they'll run with it. Hey. Uh, then there comes Mrs. Nosey. Mrs. Nosey, what's going on? Who, who, wh- when? No, no, Mister, it could be Mr. or Mrs. It, it, it crosses both lines, female and male. Did you get the latest news? Tell you what, let me, hold on a second. I got a picture. I'm going to send this to you from my phone. What's your phone number? Got it. Oh, honey. <laughs> we welcome these things in and we don't evaluate. How is this going to help the body? How is this going to help me? Here's the word of God the Lord says, Love your enemy. I ain't got, I got a headache right now. I don't have time. I, I, there's some people I just can't love. Well, Jesus said, love your enemies. Pray for them that despitefully use you. So we gobble up the wrong type of fruit. And then we put a hold on God's word. You've got to be able to inspect the fruit to see if it's good or not. Because if you accept the wrong fruit, it will lead you astray. You listen to the wrong message of people, they'll lead you astray. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you expose yourself to. The false prophet comes in sheep's clothing, gentle. He comes in because he wants to be accepted. The purpose of coming in sheep is to make it seem like he's meek and humble and gentle. But inside he's ferocious. And then the Lord says, the way that you know is by the fruit. Because the fruit can't be hidden. The fruit's going to come out sooner or later. The character of a person is going to be known sooner or later. And so you've got to be fruit in specters. You see, if you only look at the appearance of people that come to you, you can be in serious trouble because some people come only to be a part so they can bring division. Those who are supposed to be Christians swallow the fruit that the false teacher brings. It will be most disastrous. One, false prophets or teachers tell people that compromise with sin is okay. Because one is trying to do their best. Jesus did not come to die for trying to do your best. He came to die for sin. And if you're not confessing your sins and turning from your sins, then no sins remain on you. Please stop making excuses. God came to die for every sin. Sometimes we think our sins are the only ones out there. I'm going through so much stuff. Nobody knows the trouble I see. Nobody knows but Jesus. Yes. But we think we're the only ones that go through it. So we say, I can't, I can't, I can't because I got. But do you not know the enemy will make you busy at the wrong time? Right at the time when you're supposed to be somewhere, here comes the enemy. uh uh-uh, not so fast. You ain't going. I got something else for you to do. And it's going to be something you really like. Or something you really don't like but you got to say, I got to deal with it right now. Do you not know that everything becomes an emergency at the time when you're supposed to be with the Lord? When it's time to be with God, here comes the enemy with an emergency. Priority. You see, if the fruit of the enemy is to if his, if his clothing is to be cloaked with the sheep, uh, but the fruit he's bringing is coming from the from the idea that he's ferocious and he's coming to destroy, then your eyes have to be open. Your intentions have to be up. You should be allowing that fruit as, a, as just like a, like that assembly line when fruit's going down, you are inspecting. Does it pass or does it get kicked off? Does it pass or does it get kicked off? That's your job. You should be inspecting. How does that line up with God? Did God say that? Is it, how how does that line up No, that ain't for me. No, 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 no. I I can't accept that. I tell you, somebody come to my house on a Wednesday night. If I'm at home at 5 o'clock, I got to go to the church. Come on, you can go with me. But I ain't staying home with my friend. Now I'm just talking about me. I get called sometimes at the moment. Yeah. I'm supposed to be at church. I, I, you know what? Hold on a second. I got to put my Bluetooth in. I got seven minutes before I'll be at the church. I can talk to you for seven minutes. And I can call you afterwards. I do that with people. I got to go. Pastor, I got an emergency. Here it is. Five minutes to 12. It's time for prayer. I get calls during prayer between 12 and 1. I sometimes get three and four calls. Some of them I got to let go. Some I got to take. Some of them are religious. But most of them I'll send a text back. We'll call you back. You see, the enemy wants to distract you. He brings things to distract you. You see, the idea of Satan is that he does not want you to hear the word of God. He does not want you to follow. His, the, his goal is to bring you down. When Jesus says that. Does does anyone pick grapes from a fig? So when you look at a tree, let me just say this. When you look at a tree, a fruit tree, sometimes the leaves and the trees can be deceptive. You may not know what it is when there's no fruit on it. There are some trees you may not know what it is. But the moment the fruit is there, you say, oh, that's an apple tree. That's an orange tree. Why? It's the fruit that you're looking at. You know by the fruit. Not always the leaves or the tree, but the fruit that the tree produces. And so, therefore, we've got to be fruit inspectors. And then there's a fruit that the Bible says is bad fruit. You see, when we think about the false prophet, as we bring this to a conclusion soon, when we think about the false prophet, the false prophet comes... For the intentions of simply destroying the flock from within. He brings a word and he brings a message that is it, it sounds part of it sounds sounds okay, part of it, but that's part here. Just enough discord until it begins to mix in. And that little bit that begins to mix in begins to mess with the other folk. And then before you know it, you're looking at people funny because this person has brought this. They said something about this person here, and all of a sudden. Is not dealt with, you've got a problem. You've got a problem. Because a false prophet comes in as a ferocious wolf to deceive. And the Bible says the way you know them is by the fruit. They can't hide the fruit. You've got to become the best fruit inspector there is. And when there's a rotten apple in this, you're going to spoil the whole bag. Got to take you out and move you to the side. Here we are, listen to Jesus talking to his disciples upon this mountain and the people, and then says that a bad tree cannot produce good fruit nor can a good tree produce bad talking about people huh. the analogy that Christ uses and then interestingly we know that the bad fruit is in is gathered huh. and it is Burned, thrown into the fire. Whenever we think about the idea of fire, and the Lord mentions this, we always should get a picture of judgment. We always should think about, in this sense, either purging or judgment. When the Lord brings the fire into the life of the Christian, it's for the purpose of purging that which is not holy out, so that that which is pure can remain. But when we look at the Lord uh, uh, sending judgment to those who are not here that refuse to repent, it is for the purpose of judgment. A- and so fire has a very, very valuable quality. It purifies that which, is pu- which should be there and then destroys everything else that shouldn't be. God is purging people in the body of Christ. He's purging the church. And the church in this day, in the 21st century, has to contend with some things today that right now we we if we're not careful we, we're gonna we're, we'll cave. But you've got to hold true to the word of God. People will tell you, "Well, well everybody else says this is okay. How come the church is it?" Because the Bible says that this way is narrow. Uh, this 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 way the gate is narrow. The road is narrow. What you're talking about is broad. It's wide. You might think we're heading the same direction, but I'm going to just say this, that when you get to the end, the Lord's going to separate the wheat and the tares. You see, the Lord's going to be inspecting at the end. It is best that you inspect now so that when you have stood the test, you can stand there as pure gold. Lord, thank you for purifying me, cleansing me. Thank you for putting the fire when I, I to me when I didn't want it, but I needed it. Because there were some false things that were coming that if I wasn't careful, it would have swept me away. And there's some people that you've got to put to the side. Because they'll destroy your spirit. Say they're your best friends. That's because they came in sheep's clothing. But you had to become a fruit inspector. And you had to separate the good from the bad. You had to make a determination. Don't believe the lie that everybody's good. Everybody's good. I hear that sometimes. Oh, he was, he was so good. Shot up everything around town acting a nut. Oh, he's so good. No! God can make that person pure, but don't come putting uh, uh, a claim or a name on something that ain't yet been purified where the blood of Jesus hasn't cleansed. When Jesus does the cleansing, yes, you are clean. You are pure because Christ has now done the work. People trying to call people clean and they ain't came to the Lord yet. Trying to say people are holy right now and they ain't accepted Jesus yet. I'm trying to say my works are right. No! The fruit that is not lined up with the Word of God is rotten and has to be separated. As I can bring this to a conclusion. If you are at the same place you were five years ago and doing the same thing, that's a problem. If you're using the exact same excuse that you did five years ago and doing the same thing, that's a problem. Where's the growth in your life? That means to me that Christ, God, has not been given the authority of your life to make the change that's necessary. So we constantly, constantly are saying, oh, the Lord is working on me. But we don't allow the Lord to complete the work. I would, I would, I would, I would. Well, when are you going to start doing? Why? Because the battle that we live on this earth, the battle that we are in, it's not a battle of flesh and blood. We battle against principalities and powers. Don't you know something that when you go to battle, there are spiritual forces that you are not, if you're not careful, you're not aware of? That's battle. You're battling. And, and, and you got to realize it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. And the false prophet will come and tell you that you are okay right where you are. He's a liar. Fought fruit That is spoiled. That has gone bad. Fruit, literal fruit, ain't coming back. It ain't going to ripen. That fruit's gone. And if you leave it in the barrel, it's going to infect the other fruit. I know some of us get fruit and I like to, I'm going to cut out that center part that's bad right there. I do that sometimes. But if the whole apple, you ain't cutting out the whole, I'm going to get right at the core. No, I'm looking for apple. When you go to the store, you're looking, let me see. do put that back. You're looking for that perfect piece of fruit. You will go through. You stand there five minutes until you find the fruit that you want. What are you doing, expecting? If you do that with food, why don't you do it with your life? You've got to become the best fruit inspector that there is. And Christ requires it. Now, what's the measurement as we conclude? The Word of God. That's what you line it up to. Test things that come into your life. Test them, test them, test them. God, are you okay with this? God said, I uh-uh, can't do it. I was going to deal with the matter of Balaam today that didn't and in, in, in my preparation and study is Nub nope didn't work in. I wanted to deal with Balaam. I'll deal with him another time if the Lord allows me to go back. Bow your heads, please. If there's anything in your life that has become a priority? Where the enemy, false prophet has told you is more important than God. You need to inspect that. If it's your mind, if it's your own thinking, if it's your own excuses of why, you need to evaluate the fruit. Who's bringing this to me? Am I going to accept what the enemy offers? Or am I going to throw that out and say, Lord, I'm going to pursue what you have? You see, let me say this as well with with your head bowed. There can be some things that are okay to do at certain times, but not at others. You can do the right thing at the wrong time and the wrong thing at the right time. If you do that, which is wrong, we always have to remember and take a look at how do I allow God to help me in this area? If you feel that you have already arrived, that's a problem because nobody has arrived. We always have things. The enemy is not letting up. But you can make the decision today to say, Lord, where my struggles have been, where I need to be a better fruit inspector, of my time, of my life, of what I do. Give me the discernment to be able to inspect exactly what's happening. Make a right judgment. Lord, in this place today, we honor your word and honor you for who you are. What a privilege we have to be able to just partner with God. We have the king of glory, the Lord of life who says, I want to be a part of Your life. I want to lead you and guide you. Not just be a part, I want to be your life. Then we have an enemy of our soul who comes in pretending to be something that is not. But Lord is by the fruit. May we take the good fruit. And, Lord, throw the bad fruit to the side. May we always watch. May we always be aware. May we always be be prepared to, to stand, because the enemy never tires of fighting against that which belongs to God. So we love you today and honor you. We thank you right now for your goodness and your righteousness. I'm going to ask this in conclusion. and just going to ask you to stand for those people who are saying, Lord, I want to be and I'm going to be, by your grace, a better fruit inspector and then do something about it. Stand to your feet only if you mean it. Don't stand if you don't. I'm going to be a better fruit inspector and then I'm going to do something about it. Lord, you see those that are standing. Now the enemy is going to try to come and bring spoiled fruit, but the time starts right now. When people leave these doors today, give the people a a keen sense of awareness of your word and of you and of that which the enemy will try to bring. And, Lord, may we remember that, God, there, there's, there's good fruit. There's good fruit that we can partake of. And God is saying, you, you, can, you can take the teaching, you can take the word, you can take all that I have and enjoy it and then share it with others. We honor you today. In our lives, may we inspect, and then may we do something about it. We love you. Help us to love you as, Lord, you require, as you, as, you could, as you want us to. We can't love you on our own. We don't even know just how, but you know how we can. Help us to study the word. Help, help us to allow you to create in us a clean heart. Lord, renew a steadfast spirit within us. We give you all the glory and the praise this day. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.